my hands. I just wanna make with a stand. I just wanna, I just, I just wanna catch one glance. I just wanna see you dance, girl. I just wanna, uh, yeah. I just wanna shine like my. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Thirsty Vibes here from Pasadena, Carlos. Come on, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Tatunji, and joining me today on my left, Luis. Hey guys, what's up? Carlos. What up, y'all? Yeah. Patrick. What's up, guys? How's, How's it going? going? <laughs> it's going good. It is going good. We've had a little bit of a hiatus from Thirsty Vibes, uh, but I think everyone is thrilled to be back. The listeners at home, everyone here in the office, thrilled to get this thing back going again. Wait, why'd uh, you tell them that? Because they wouldn't know if we... Oh, actually, you guys were posting everyone, so... Yeah. 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 I mean... Damn. People to checking back each week, like for so new we're, episodes. And we're off our game right now, huh? Yeah, no, we're not off our game. We were, let's say, we were evaluating our rollout of this show. Mm. You know, that's always important, right? You roll something out, take some time, you analyze it, you assess, yeah. see what's going good, how I it can evolve. I haven't, been, I haven't been on the pod in the last couple of episodes, so I just haven't even paid attention. I just <laughs> don't, don't care. <laughs> so he's, star, he's bitter because you didn't invite him. Yeah, that's fair. And also, I mean maybe, like, I don't know, maybe the qualities dip because you haven't been there. I don't I mean, know. Damn. I didn't so you're saying my, you did. But mine yeah. was a good note? Yeah, in so many words. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no Sorry, dude. no. Patrick, it's a new day. We're here with a new topic. Excited to get into something that I think a lot of people are going to find a lot of value in. Uh, it's your favorite topic, social media. Hamhorn goes here. And... <laughs> <laughs> Insert ham horn. Insert ham horn in post-production. That's a note to myself. Uh, There's a lot of stuff we can talk about with social media. I mean, where do you even begin? Uh, But today, we kind of just want to dive into, you know, taking a look back at what were the things that made us fans of social media to begin with? Where is it now? And how are fans interacting with social media today? And what does that mean going forward? Because there are some... Uh, spicy things on the horizon, potentially, for social media. So we're going to dive into all of that today. Uh, let's start with you, Patrick. I want to hear from you. What's, like, what's your earliest memory of, like, being a fan of some sort of social media, like, platform or interaction you were having or something you were like, okay, this is cool, this is different? Um, wow. I feel like this is going to make me feel old. Um, but I feel like, I mean, it's the most obvious first impression was that, you know, you couldn't, it was Facebook, uh, cause, well, I guess MySpace, yeah, but I guess cool. for me, MySpace was kind of like, and I, I'll be, also start with the fact that I'm not a big social media person. Like I understand it, I get it, I know it's purpose, but personally I don't use it as much as I would want to. It's more, I think, consuming, mm-hmm. like on my end. Um, I think I did have a MySpace, but I don't think I treated it to the level that some of my friends did. Um, I think when Facebook came around, it was like more like exclusive because it was that time when you had to have like a college email um, in order to get access to Facebook. And I feel like that was, you know, a different kind of time, I think, to be a part of the moving into, you know, the social media and that you could have media that pertained to you and so forth was like super weird. And I even look back now, it's like hilarious how there was times when like Facebook would ask you how you were and you'd actually post 
your response in terms of what you were thinking. And I was like, what was wrong with me? Like, why on earth? Then I, I, I'll go back to your Facebook and I'll see those <laughs> posts. And I go, <laughs> yeah, where you were like, where you were writing a you know, post in like the style of like yeah, continuing like, a question. What are your, what, how are you yeah. doing? And then you would like answer I'm it. Feeling good, <laughs> and you're Facebook. like, I was like, what was the whole concept of that? It was like Alexander is feeling, and then you would start typing like, yeah, continuing there. Yeah, and I did, and I even remember like the first time that like Instagram kind of was like this, you know, it was it wasn't necessarily taking over for Facebook, but it was kind of like this um, entity that kind of supplemented it. It was like more visual focused, mm-hmm. and I think that first post that I ever made was in 2011 on Instagram, which I was like, "Oh wow, what the? What is this? I guess I'll have it, you know. I guess yeah. I'll use it." Yeah. So, that but that whole right. content was so different. But I think the first one will probably be, you know, that MySpace world where you got to have. The uh, only thing I do miss was that you got to choose your playlist of songs. Let's dude. go. And that definitely created the environment for the social idea. Like you could go, you know, how am I feeling, you know, or up that favorite track you know maybe switch it up a little bit yeah. you know take inspiration from other people's pages just fire off some <laughs> passive aggressive like messages to people with the song you chose yeah. as like your number one it's like dude if i was wronged in middle school today you're gonna see it with some my chemical romance up on that playlist oh, man, number yeah. one dude like you know who you are gosh feel that. It, that was that was the expression right there but that's if i could give you a, a quick rundown that's i think that's my uh, perspective mm-hmm. of it so Cool. Yeah. Carlos? What was the question? <laughs> you see what I'm dealing with here, people? Sorry, I got... <laughs> you see this? Apparently, I'm, I'm really into social media, as you can tell, so... Yeah, the guy who says that he's not really a consumer of social media <laughs> then goes off. Yes. Uh, first, like, moment, just knowing that you're, like, a fan of social, just being a fan of, like, engaging with the question. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Got I'm embarrassed. The, the, uh, I guess my earliest, I guess, memory of or becoming a fan of social media is definitely like that. It's probably MySpace. Um, just the fact that you could customize your page. Yep. Like uh, that's your my, actually my first uh, introduction to like HTML and everything as well. Yes, like, exactly. Being able to code your own like <laughs> exactly. your own uh, page and everything. Uh, the look, the feel, everything was pretty cool. Adding your playlist if you wanted to, yep. like the music, all that was super cool. Um, choosing your top eight. Was John <laughs> your top eight? John was never in my top eight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. But yeah, like e- that and then I guess other like, I guess other forms of social media probably like your Tumblrs, you know, like a live journal, like th- those like, what is that? Oh, yeah. Zanga. Those yeah. like, those oh, like, Zanga. those like, uh, <laughs> those other like blog style like social media like outlets, like those, those were big too. Um, I had a few of each one, probably like deleted, and then started a new one, deleted, started a new one every time, just because it was random, and you just wrote random things because you were a teenager and you had feelings. I don't know. (laughs) 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 So many feelings, feels. Luis? I mean, for me, it would be like probably MySpace, too, because I grew up during that era, like in the early 2000s. And for me, MySpace was just like, I got addicted to the comments and mm-hmm. the messages. Yeah. Like getting, like, seeing that number of comments grow every day. And, but, like, the cool thing is, I was talking to my friends in high school, but then I was reaching out to my friends, like, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just, like, started, like, growing more into, like, a bigger community. And it was just, like, connecting with other people. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was just, like, 
I just got addicted to the comments and just seeing my numbers grow and then my, uh, the, the people I was following and people who were following me. I think that's like the hard part about social media is mm. that you get addicted to it just because people start liking what you, what you are and what you say or sure. the, your thoughts that you have. So from MySpace, I kind of explored into Tumblr because it was more like personal mm-hmm. where I, like, I was able to like speak my mind a little bit much more. But then still, it was still addicting because if I would write something and you start seeing the notes just stagger, stagger. And I was like, well, where are all these people coming from? Because in Tumblr, you can't see where where these people are from. You just see like how many people start liking or loving your stuff or even reblogging it. So that's like the fun part of just growing up in this social era. I think uh, Facebook kind of like controlled that because it wasn't more about like the likes. It was more about like connecting with your family or your friends. So it was like it became, Facebook for me became more personal. And then Instagram is a little bit more visual, like Patrick said. It's like more visual stimulation. Uh, you just post a picture and see if people like it or not. Yeah, and then I'm a little bit addicted to right now to to TikTok, just because it reminds <laughs> me of Vine, and it's like uh-huh. I see videos and it's like oh okay, what's well like a probably like a minute long or like thirty seconds uh, video, and it's like it's kind of cool because I get to see what other people are doing and I'm just consuming it, but I'm not I'm not the cool thing is that there's no ads or there's no products in it, so it's like it just binds in a longer format. Yeah, no, that's that's a great like point. And I mean, all these things kind of speak to the the whole idea that like at the dawn of all of this, this was from the custom CSS on MySpace, like the playlist, even those little things were like the first chances I think the mass like public had to like put themselves out into like a global world in like the way they wanted to be seen and like the way they wanted to be known. And that's incredibly powerful and amazing and, and revolutionary, obviously. Uh, and it's funny that you mentioned TikTok kind of at the end of that because I wanted to kind of ask in a snapshot, I mean, this would be obviously a, a whole conversation on its own, but how has social media, how has it changed from what you were all talking about from like that f- those first memories to where it is right now where something like TikTok is the predominant growing platform? I think, like, for me, like, back in the day when you were, like, in MySpace, you would post, like, how you were feeling, like, in a comment or in a message. And then it wouldn't really paint a picture. I feel that TikTok, you don't have to post words. You can just show this this is the, li- this is the life that I'm living by just posting a 30-second video or a minute-long video. This is my life, and I don't need to, like, explain it. I can go in front of the camera and be, like, a, like a first-person shooter or, like, just, like, a selfie camera mode and just express who I am on TikTok and I don't have to worry about anything else because the cool thing about TikTok is that I can share it in any other platform and people are still going to consume it like if it's a TikTok video. So like I think TikTok has taken away everything that Facebook and Instagram and Twitter had built which is like more written uh, format and it's just more video because everybody's so used to like consuming video like that's why a lot of people are on YouTube or on Snapchat or that's why, yeah, like video, like for me, video is king because you don't need to, you can just tell a story easily on video and people will consume it no matter what. Yeah. 
I don't know. Oh, I was going to say, wow, that's like honestly the best answer to that. I, I feel like, um, you know, it's really been focused on a lot of heavy content creation. And I think that in a time, like you were saying, Luis, when MySpace, you know, we didn't have the ability to, you know, film things on our phone and, and do a lot, have a lot of the tools that we have now to, to put out content that could be living in those environments or, you know, distributed through those um, different types of channels. Um, having that ability now to be able to like film what we can on the devices we hold on, a, uh, on an everyday basis, um, I think has changed completely on what what new types of situations like TikTok or like you know um, Instagram and any video um, type of platform is, is allowing for. It's like you know what can I create in order for it to be served? And I think that's what's so crazy is that we've gone from a place where it was like just writing things out and our feelings, which still had the thing about that whole concept of MySpace. Was it was still really powerful, and I still think that the, the essence of that wasn't necessarily related to what was going out, but was also about like the tools used to be able to create totally. community. Yeah. Um, like totally. the feeling, like I still feel like the top eight causes caused so much drama. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And the concept of that was also, but it also caused a kind of a feeling, a buzz, like a energy, right? Like if I was in a top eight of somebody's profile, there was an importance or significance to that, um, and I felt like that was what really people wanted to see was themselves being accepted by not just being hurt, like in terms of what we would say to somebody, but actually visually being shown that they're included. Yeah. And um, that was, I think, the early premise of what was so successful. And also the fact that people probably wanted to find out, which was also one of the things for Facebook, was relationship status. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it was like whether or not someone was single or in a relationship, um, you know, could you actually talk to them? And that was kind of our first situation where it was less old school asking out to more finding out and doing your research on if someone mm -hmm. was even available to talk to you because of the fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. And um, which it, I think in a way has kind of dubbed us. And again, that's a whole other thing to go down. But um, I think those were really big, important parts to the human um, community condition. But where it's evolved from that is really just that, you know, it's actually gotten away from that. I feel like it's it's gone away from more of the understanding of, like, because I don't think we even talk about relationships anymore through social media. Yeah. It, it's, we would go specifically to a particular app for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? It would be focused strictly on relationships and any people looking for relationships. And then you've got something that's actually serving content through a more mass production and, and content curation. And, I mean, look at the videos we see now, the stuff that kids are able to do mm -hmm. in their, you know, house. I mean, I laugh and think about us trying to, you know, I think it was a technical thing I ever got was, at least when I was in high school, was like using my phone to, to <laughs> play games on. And then <laughs> it was like Snake. Yeah. And yeah. that was com that was as sophisticated as it got. So you couldn't really go that big. And I think that's mm -hmm. serving that difference but now. That's, I think that's kind of cool about the whole social media era, I guess, is that people were able to explore like their creativity. You know what I mean? Like kind of showcase like different things that they can do, like in any aspect, right? A video, an image photography, you know, design, whatever, whatever you wanted to share, you could, and you kind of expressed yourself in those kind of, those kinds of avenues. Like on Tumblr, obviously you, you followed a million different people that had the same kind of like interests or ideas or like concepts that you were looking through. And then you shared those and reposted those and kind of the same feeling you get with like, I guess you would say Instagram now, right? You follow all the same type of things that you like and that kind of fills your feed. And then you see that same kind of expression you get from other people and the same kind of like creativity that you see everywhere else. I think those are really cool aspects of what social media has brought, but there's also the flip side to that, right? Where you have yep. like the bad side of social media, like, you know, people writing whatever, like stupid comments, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like just, just dumb, the dumb side of social media. Yeah. And that's, that's a great point to bring up because I want to ask this question from like how social has evolved. 
to this kind of like from what we were just talking about has has engagement fallen on social media or does it just look so different now that it seems like the value of social media maybe considering it from like a brand standpoint right that it seems like it's falling or it's less valuable or just does it look completely different no well for me i think uh i think social media right now it's oversaturated with a lot of content and that's actually a really good thing because if there's a lot of content, then that means a lot of people are on social media and everybody has this particular uh, taste for particular content. So that's why there's a lot of like people producing that type of content. Like, like I like the doing like um, self-awareness content or like affirmation content because it kind of brings me joy and kind of like it tells me it's like a way of me telling myself like I'm doing good today. So that's the type of content I try to consume, like feel-good content. But of course, there's also the other type of content, like sports or cooking or like drawing or fashion. So that's what I like about social media. That's like there's a lot and enough for everybody's like likes and tastes. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And you know, um, it, it, it's funny to see you know how much things have changed. I think. A lot of people I see nowadays, it, it, it it's, it's funny. I think oversaturation is absolutely true. I think Facebook has become this kind of like, I don't even touch that thing anymore. Like, there's so much For going real. on on Facebook, um, and I, I don't think I even log in um, to it. And it's such a different environment because I think that was the go-to platform. But I go on there now, and it's like I have 80 notifications, and I'm like, I don't even know where to begin because I'm getting notified about yeah. every single bit that's happening, and um, it's just almost overwhelming, too overwhelming. Um, and I think that that's really a difference in terms of we want to be we've we're so used to being served so much content that now it's about what platform serves the right content that matters most to us and i think that really is where these platforms like instagram kind of do a snapshot and i think visually we can kind of choose which ones we want to be a part of and what we want to do i think uh comments um you know are interesting and i mean look at memes memes i honestly is probably one of the main reasons why i actually enjoy social media is because it's actually brilliant to see the cleverness of people <laughs> Um, and the perception of people and like the way they see things is so interesting. Like I would never think in a million years, um, like a certain type of photo could be totally recreated with a different effect, or that someone could use one photo to have so many different meanings. And um, and the way that someone sees that, it's like, how did you get there? You know, yeah. like how what what thought process do you have that made it that impactful to you? But we're bold enough to actually take the time to write it out. <laughs> and it's so funny when you see communities rally around something that that's that obscure mm -hmm. um it makes you feel a little bit more connected to the people that you're talking to um and then also there's that concept of like trolling people which i think people just do significantly just to get a reaction of people because they find joy in it right yeah. like comments i think for people like who don't have a platform and you always notice the people that have something to say don't have anybody that's following them um it's usually a lot of people that just want to see what they can get out of it to mm -hmm. cause a reaction and just say something as they would do and that's just a platform to do so um, so there is like a bit of the drama, you know, I think we do buy into the drama of social media that it, as it becomes. Um, but I think compared to what it used to be, I think it used to be more of a, um, I think it became a conversational ground, but I think again, as you said, it's been some, so saturated, it's like, where should we be looking? You know, I think I've kind of taken almost everything with a grain of salt nowadays. I don't think sure. I've ever posted a comment on some kind of thread because I was like, yeah. I and to that point, I think yeah. your part, your point on engagement, I think it's because it's so saturated and you're so used to seeing and eating up so much content all the time that 
you mm. don't take the time to like engage something. You're just like, oh, this is cool. Like, hey, this is cool. Like, flash, like, yeah. like, like, you know what I mean? You don't comment and you don't take the moment to like say what you want to say about whatever it is. You just kind of scroll through the feed and like it. Sometimes you don't even like it. Sometimes you just keep scrolling and like, oh, I forgot to like that, but that was yeah. cool. I was you gonna ask that I mean? question too. I feel like sometimes I, when I like something, it's either because I know them, like personally, and yeah. I have support for whatever yeah. they're doing. And if it's if it's someone I'm very close to, I might throw like a comment in there, a reaction. Like my family, I'll usually do some kind of comment. And that's just not me thinking. It's like totally just being a part of them and, and supporting them in that sense. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know what the heck this is posting, but I'll like it anyway, you know? <laughs> like for or real. you know, because I don't think I even like any memes. I think I just like to enjoy them. Yeah. yeah. Send. Yeah. That's oh, it. oh yeah, sending those all day. Yeah. You know, I don't think I used to at people and I don't do that anymore. I just write to them, you know. Yep. And this is such a funny conversation because <laughs> if we brought this conversation out, what? 15 years ago, people would think, like, what are you talking about right now? For <laughs> real, yeah. So yeah. the culture in terms of the way that we communicate content is is so different, and the way that digital's impacted that is, 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 uh, is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, I mean, all, all those things considered then, if the space is saturated and the way that we communicate now is, I mean we have to think about even reaching for that comment if it's like a family member or someone really close, then how is social media still impactful and valuable for companies or brands or people who are trying to, who hear someone like an agency tell them, hey, social media is an important component of who you are and what you're doing, right? But who maybe people, their initial impression currently is, well, it seems like this space is dominated by memes and dominated by trolls and hell, I mean, Instagram's even considering an update where they remove likes altogether. How how do we get value from that? Why, why is it worth fighting that battle? I mean, my first aim is, is because people are still there. Uh, people are still on social no matter what we have and do. It doesn't mean just because it's oversaturated that I'm getting rid of my Instagram. Mm -hmm. I still, in my nature, still go on to it subconsciously because I want to feel like I'm still in the know yeah. of everything happening. Um, and so I feel like even though we can have that conversation, um, I think social is a um, validator. And I think a lot of people don't understand how to use social for their business because I think, or their brand or whatever their personality is, is because um, you know they might not understand who they are and what they need to talk about. And I think you know, a big thing for most organizations is seeing the culture part of it, because um, that is technically your personality. The same things that I post on my personal account about my life, who I am, what I'm about, what I represented in my life, are the same things that pour into what a brand is. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that you can actually showcase that maybe aren't really focused on the actual end result of your company. Like, I might build a, I have a tire for company, sure. but sometimes what we can see is an elevation in brand through the culture that it creates and then how it attracts the best talent in the world um, as by people buying in through the philosophy of what their social represents. Yeah, and as as cheesy as it sounds, I think people yeah. are still interested in stories. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as cliche it is, like, oh, you have to tell your brand story, you have to tell whatever it is. You know, I feel like people still connect to things like that. So whether you're sat, you're in an oversaturated field where like everybody's just posting random memes or trolling or whatever it is, if there's a story that you that interests you or that you can relate to. Um, people stop and pay attention, you know? People stop and say, hey, I'll like this. Hey, I'll share this. Hey, I'll do this. So like Patrick says, it's it's a part of like just being, like showing awareness, like having people be aware that you're around and that you have this story to tell, whatever whatever your brand may be. Sure. Um, people can, there still be somebody out there that relates to your story. It doesn't have to be everyone, 
but you find whoever you need to relate to and who your brand needs to connect with, and that's that story or that that um, mission statement, I guess, from your brand will relate to all these people, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, Patrick and Carlos kind of nailed it. I mean, like, I think social media is really important for a brand because maybe sometimes brands don't have the funds to make a website, and the easiest thing they can do is just download Instagram because it's free and just start posting pictures or videos or words or anything that they want. And basically, they're just putting in, they're putting out content that represents them. It doesn't have to be like a brand or a culture. It just represents who they are. And that's kind of cool for like fans because that's what they gra gravitate from. Because if I feel connected to that person based on like their style that they look or the words that they speak or how they speak, then I'm gonna feel connected to them. Because it's, it's, I think I think social media or especially Instagram is so is so much more easier to maintain than having like a website or any other type of like product, just because it's it's easy, it's quick. Like you just take a picture, you upload it, put a few words into it, and then that's it. You don't have to worry about anything, and, and then you can move on. I was gonna add too. I mean, and you think about the generations that are not only current but are also behind us. Um, you know, our what's our normal process when we're searching for something? You know, we don't like to be technically sold on something. What do we do? We go and we research Absolutely. a ton. How much research do we put into something before we buy it? Yep. I mean, you got to look at who the buyer is and what it's becoming. The reason why I think social is important is that it's, a, it's again, the way I validate something. It's like, how many times have you gone to something, right? You see this beautiful site or you see this beautiful product. And then all of a sudden you like kind of venture into their social. And it's, it's like weird. It's at like 15 likes and they're following like 2,000. It, it, it to me feels almost Spanish. Sure. Like, I feel like, is this even real? Mm -hmm. Like, it would actually deter me um, from thinking it. It would actually make it harder for me to, to justify. It seems like they'd be trying too hard. Yeah. And it would already give me a negative connotation. Um, and that's just my personal opinion uh, on that. But it's something that I always peer into. When I go to a website or I go to an agency or I go to a company, I always peer into, like, you know, what is their, what's their social say? Because if they're willing to present it out there, right, mm -hmm. where they lack it, um, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, there's context to each company. Some don't need to have it, depending on where they come from and, and the level they are. But I think that it, it definitely, for me, is something that I, I try to look for. And, and also, how much attention are they putting to it? Yeah. Of course. You know, because yeah. to me, it's like if they don't put it's like when you go into a restaurant and you're like, this place looks super fancy, it looks all great. And then I go in the bathroom and it's like disgusting. Yeah. It shows me that you are not thinking about every component of your business. So are you thinking of every component of what's serving me as a product or service? Yeah. So that's really what I'm kind of like looking at in, in terms of why culture and why that component's yeah, important. Yeah, it's like, it's like walking into a brick and mortar store, right? And mm -hmm. everything's a mess. It's like you walk into like a pile of clothes or something, right? It's not the same as it's presented like a stacked pile of jeans and a stacked or one section looks great and the other you know? doesn't. You're like, why is it inconsistent? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like you're walking into a Ross or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and Ross probably has an awesome social handle. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You yeah. know, with the kind of following they have and the amount of products they put out, you know, they definitely pay attention to that. For sure. And you know that they're interacting. And, and the best example of why it is important is, I mean, dude, look at how successful fast food restaurants have made oh social media. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, you can look right now that Wendy's, some, the King, money everything. that those companies have saved on just being like not robots to what they put out as like, here's our product. This is what it does. This is our new burger. They've used it as a platform to communicate as the brand yeah. personality, which is yeah. absolutely brilliant because now you've taken something like you've humanized a non-human product, product mm -hmm. or service. 
And that makes the conversation great and it allows people to really like adapt and communicate and feel connected to whatever that brand is. And now it's not just a burger for Wendy's. Wendy's actually a person that has a conversation that yeah. also, you know, talk shit to people <laughs> and, and you're like that's hilarious like that's you're giving human you're humanizing something that you wouldn't expect to be human yeah yeah well, i think that that raises a really good point because we talk about all of these amazing ways that brands are capable of now engaging with their fans and having these authentic moments and i think that when we tell brands or when people hear like things like you on social media to be successful not you have to be authentic and you have to be transparent, right? I think the, the thing that comes to mind first and foremost is probably the kind of like aggressive style of like social media that like some of those restaurants have kind of popularized right now. That kind of like, you know, really aggressive attitude or it, it, people, they hear transparent and they get a little defensive. They get a little, they get a little protective of like, well, I'm, I'm building a business here. Mm -hmm. We're building something professional and legitimate and I am not going to go on this platform and sully that by, you know, being transparent, whatever that means. So what, what does it look like to take actionable steps towards, like, finding what a, a genuine, realistic, like, path towards being transparent on social media means for, like, a company? Well my first answer to that is if someone gives me that answer, I immediately ask them if they have a brand, like, or if that thought about what their brand is or if they have a guideline or if they even hashed out what their brand and company is all about. If that answer comes from that perspective, it doesn't mean that their brand's incomplete because it, to me, they've not developed the tone, they haven't developed the personality of what their company stands for and they're probably not up to the level where they should be in terms of, um, you know, their growth. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, w that conversation itself is like deter because you're like, well, if you don't believe that's appropriate for you, then you uh, apparently aren't far enough along in, in where you are as a business yet. And sure. I think that that's a part where you go back and say, you look at the companies that are doing it right, even some that are off the ground that have understood the importance of branding is that, you know, developing the tone and attitude and the perspective, that's supposed to be drawn out. That's everything that Wendy's is taking to the, the market. You know, that, that personality that they've created for that particular brand was curated and developed by an agency yep. or an internal brand team, uh, you know, with lots of resources and lots of manpower to do so. So I think that you look at the people that are doing it right and are sort of successful from it, it's because they made the investment in it and they're a big boy company. But it's also mm -hmm. it's also things that are like they're real, right? They're not like they yeah. Yeah, they you people people nowadays or at least anything on social media, like anyone that's in a new generation or old generation, you can spot what's fake and sure. what's and what's like real. You know what I mean? So yeah. Those kind of personalities, like the Wendy's or whatever it is, like it's that's an actual personality. People actually think this way, you know what I mean? So yeah. people make comments like that, like yeah. that normally. Completely so well thought. thought so right. yeah, so people yeah. relate to that because they can they can see themselves saying something like this. Yeah, you know what I mean? So they connect to that. Like even even memes. Like think of the <laughs> the meme generation now, right? Everything you post, like it's that. like it's this it's this random idea, this random thought. But you connect to it because you're like, oh yeah, I can I can see how that makes sense. Yeah. And, and you were like, I could I could have thought of that, but that's funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this this image being laid out this way, or having this comment or this thought bubble over somebody like saying this this random thought, you connect to it because you're like, oh yeah, I I would have thought of that too. Like I thought that that was funny. Like yep. you know what I mean? You connect to these little random things because they're real situations and real emotions that people connect to. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you kind of comfortable too when you see those uh, memes or comments. It's like. Oh damn! Uh, that person was thinking the same thing that I was, so then sure. I feel more connected. 
that's just the power of social media. That's, sure. what, that's what it's supposed to do. You're supposed to feel connected to other people through anything. Yeah. It's yeah. also like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not the only one who's weird as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you just, you think yeah. that same thought, like, you know, oh, this person's just as weird as I am. Yeah. And it might not be like that for like your business, but the same, like, uh, the same mentality applies. And it like goes back to what we talked about at the start of how social, when it first came on the scene, like, it creates these chemical responses in us based on the interactions we have on there. And, and I would say that it probably is that, like, having those genuine moments of, like, connecting authentically with something are those moments that create that chemical response for us. We're like, oh, I love that meme because I relate to it. Mm -hmm. So maybe with the memes, it's because we're weird as fuck. But maybe with a brand, it's because they said something just real and something authentic. Maybe they made a mistake. And maybe they owned up to it. Maybe they are run by a mom and pop with kids. And maybe they posted something about just being tired that day because they run a huge company, but they're parents and like they have kids. And those are the moments that create today's value driving moments on social media. And that's like regardless of how many likes you're getting or comments and stuff like that. Uh, and, and that's something I don't think that we need to be afraid of. You know what it's like? Um it's almost like, you know when you used to get, like, cards, like a Hallmark card? Mm -hmm. But, like, there were goofy cards that you would just give to people in person, like a physical card. Because mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I'm thinking of you, right? Mm -hmm. To be honest, it's the same concept. Like, you're literally sending someone a meme because it has a reminder of something in them that yeah. you sent it to them for. Yeah. And that's really why I think the power on that, it's like where we would give a card every once in a while, we have this instant gratification of something that reminds us of people that are close to us. Yeah. And it allows us to empower them by feeling like, hey, I'm thinking of you through this. And what is not better in the community than that than being thought of. Yeah. And it's actually the most powerful way that, that memes have made such an impact is because it actually helps us remind each other of, each, of one another, right? Because of all the friends we have that are in different places nowadays, you know, we're not close anymore. So it's always funny when you send to somebody that I haven't talked to in months, maybe years, and, and I have one friend that I literally ha haven't seen in, in two years, but I still send him memes every week. Like, that's the relationship I have with yep, this guy. Yep. And it's so funny because it still keeps me close enough to him to realize that, like, dude, I still appreciate how funny we are together. And we yeah. still kind of know how weird one another are. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it no, completely yeah. makes sense. And those those are the types of, like, <laughs> the friend that you have for two years where you haven't seen each other, but you're still sending each other memes. Like, that's kind of the way that we relate to brands, like, at yeah. times. Like, we, we expect so much of our celebrities and our athletes and our companies these days. We want them to take stands. We want them to be transparent and honest. And and even if someone hasn't come into your shop, you know, for two years, like that one moment you could potentially create where it's like, oh, I remember you. And I remember like our relationship. Mm -hmm. That's why you do it, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, I mean, one of the brands we love is like, we think we've talked about this before, but Chubby's, I mean, they play sure. completely on the whole nostalgic uh, idea of who they are and what they, their slogan is, which is like living for the weekends. And I know I'm always giving them a shout out because I think that they, what they do is really simple, but I think they embody their brand really well. And it's because it's just, a, it, you can say it's just a product, but I think they've taken it to the level of saying like, well, yeah, we're just swimwear and shorts. And, it's what, and exactly, if you say that your brand is that way, we're just a swimwear, just a swimwear and, mm -hmm. you know, teacher company, then that's exactly where you'll stay. But I think that they did, and the boldest companies say is, how can we reimagine who we are, and how do we take that to a place that um, wouldn't necessarily believe that we could be there? Mm -hmm. And I think that is where you see that the players stand out. That's why companies like Chubby's make a, you know, no pun intended, but splash, right? <laughs> in that in Ew. that situation, and um, 
And like when they run it, they do a recreation of a 007 Nintendo 64 video uh-huh. that plays perfectly into the generation that buys their product. I mean, that has nothing to do with their product, but it has everything to do with the audience they're speaking yeah, to. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, <laughs> we're not asking every company to like take a stand on like some really serious like social issue like that's not where you have to start like on this and yeah. if you and if your brand wants to go there like a Patagonia and become that one day then power to you like do that take that stand when you have that research but that's not like what we're asking people to do when we do this yeah you also don't have to be the opposite side of that right mm-hmm. you don't have to be the funniest page on Instagram no. or like making jokes at everything you mm-hmm. do you know you just have to have your truth your your story you know and, and you're, if you're real to that like people are going to connect to that because you're not being fake. You're not making up some random story about why you're doing this. It's just you being the company being itself, you know, whatever the brand stands for, that's what you're doing. Yeah. And I think one conversation we had, I think was with one of our clients was just really about the fact that, um, you know, a lot of people when we talked to like a B2B type situation, a lot of them tend to go like, you know, well, you know, social really isn't for us. It's not really where we want to go. Um, but then I try to kind of really educate them on the concept of like, but who are the people that buy your product? What do those guys look like, guys and gals? Like, who, who, who are the people that are making a decision that is saying your difference? And I feel like the more competitive advantages that you can have across, you know, multiple channels, um, actually wins in your favor. If you can build a culture where people are actually excited to talk to you, and know that you're more than just what they give you, um, it doesn't only just make it enjoyable for you as the person that sells or provides that product or service. Um, but it makes it enjoyable for them to want to be invested into other parts. And also makes it easier for them to say, like, you know what? I really like that. And there's so many times we bought products as a business to a business, right? Because we consider ourselves a B2B when we actually buy or curate things. Um, where we've made a decision on that. Like, we've literally said, dude, this culture that they have is, is yeah, awesome. Exactly. Like, like, I can see myself hanging with these guys and being a part of that. And in, in a lot of the times, the people that you know, buy particular like B2B products, sometimes it's one guy by himself. There's no team that he has. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a department. He doesn't have other people that he's a part of as a culture and a company that he is. He's literally one guy that makes a decision for one product. So my thing is your advantage there is why don't you serve him a, a content that makes him feel a part of a culture that maybe he doesn't have. You know what I mean? And some of these companies are really small, but they also have a lot of money in order to invest in certain products. And I think that's where your big advantage is. You say, how do I create this? Well, this guy, if I were to do a, a conference or an event, that he would be like, I'm there, like with no hesitation. And I think that's really what comes into the social concept is like, how are we social with the customer that we could potentially have? And that's exactly what social should serve as in a B2B relationship. And I think that that conversation isn't well enough stated or conversed on, um, to my, again, to my opinion. So that, that's actually, that's actually the perfect analogy for it right like your social is your relationship with your consumer yeah so you know what i mean like you everything you post on your social is how you would communicate to your consumer right so whether it's a conversation of them walking into your store like being a friendly person whatever it is that's the same thing you should feel when you come into some a company social right that same kind of feeling that you would get walking into their brick and mortar you should feel that on their social yeah for someone that i can't walk into like a retail shop Right, and have that like one-on-one experience for a B2C experience, my social should be dictating my experience with someone in the B2B realm. Like, what does that impact look like? And I know some are a little bit more tight-knit, and I said, but that's also where I think the availability to get creative is, right? The harder it is in a B2B situation is, I want to see who's the first company to break that mold and say, yeah. we are a suited-up company, we've been around for 80 years, 
and which is crazy, but like, how can we do social with what we have? And I think that the person to break that mold in a true sense with what we kind of talked about, I think will be like absolutely incredible. And I think that we're seeing on the verge of that. And I think that we're seeing like a new revolution of what um, can be possible through social um, in a business realm. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, so good, all of that, so great. Closing thoughts, do you have any thoughts or like projections for what that horizon kind of looks like? I want to hear Luis's thoughts on guess this. Here, but I, Luis, Luis is like, knows social so well, and he, I feel like he just gets it completely to the core yeah. of it. So well, like uh, the future of social media, like what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, I mean, the two apps that I'm looking at really closely right now is Snapchat and TikTok, just because, like I said, it eliminates comments and it eliminates you to not use your keyboard. It's just more like, hey, here's a camera, here's a video camera, and I'm uh, just going to record. And I'm uh, either going to make empowering content I'm gonna make, or I'm going to make stupid content or I'm going to make like, or I'm a politician and I'll make content through it. So I feel that the next wave of social media is going to be more video heavy. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be something about it that's going to be like, you're gonna, like I feel that audiences or fans are going to be able to be in the environments of the people they're following. Because with the technology of augmented reality, like I think that's like it's getting like closer and closer to people just being with another person, even if they're like miles away. Yeah, that's like yep. I think like that's like the crazy cool part because oh, also uh, video games do that. They have yep. that type yeah. of interaction <laughs> where it's mm-hmm. like. That's what I was gonna say. I yeah. was gonna say it's it's all it's gonna go in, going into VR. Like yeah. you're gonna have your avatar that you live in a random world, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and people are just gonna like you can create actions, do whatever you want, and people are going to like that and showcase all that stuff. Like, that's how it's going to work. Like, the people are not even going to <laughs> record their own things. It's going to be creating their avatar to do things. Like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's going to be the social, like, currency, I guess. Yeah, and then and, and that, and you know what? That's going to be okay. For yeah. some reason, social media has made technology, like, weird technology, be okay. Like, nev- nev- no one really thought about, like, 3D technology. Like, oh, damn, that's, like... I only saw that in movies. Like, oh crap! Now I can actually bust on my phone and download either a like a, I can scan a code and then get like a wall of LeBron James dunking yeah. like wherever I want him to dunk. Yeah. Or like I don't know. There's this uh, there's this uh, social media company that I follow. It's called Brut B R U D. Uh, they focus on creating three dimensional influence um celebrities one of their main one is michaela mm-hmm. which is like she oh is yes. humongous in the hype beast culture this is horrifying to me and it's just oh a, yeah it's a three-dimension yep. three-dimensional render uh person stim- yeah person yeah. avatar that has taken over social media where inf- where celebrities take pictures with her but she's just three-dimensional and she has a big humongous following and I feel that the younger generation looking at this type of content is going to make social that type of content be like, you know what, that's that's kind of okay. I, I can follow an, uh, a generated uh, influence <laughs> celebrity. It's cool, but it's also oh. super scary. Right? Yeah, it is Absolutely. scary. Because now you don't know what's real or what's not real. Yeah. Because yeah. then you have, it's like what I'm saying, that VR avatar creation, right? It's basically what they created. They created an avatar of a person to be 
a social influencer, right? And now this person can be anywhere at any time yeah. doing anything mm-hmm. with anyone. And that is super scary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess... But also kind of cool. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> and I guess the same rule applies to that, as we kind of mentioned before, where, you know what, things are changing going to that way. But guess what? You don't have to create a 3D rendered influencer for your business. Mm. I think, Luis, what you said is so good. And going forward, you know, technology and social media is changing again. It's changing towards a new type of style. And instead of being afraid and thinking, oh, man, it's slipping away from us again, just as maybe we were thinking about getting comfortable, it's slipping away from us again, and it's going to be too young or it's not going to be the right place for us. Take this as your opportunity to be brave and dive into that and try something new and do it in a way that's authentic to you, not a 3D model influencer, not, you know, crazy meme way. Whatever that looks like for you, give it a shot. And uh, if I can trust anything, I know that whenever VR becomes the predominant social media you know, platform <laughs> that Chubby's is going to be there with something incredible that <laughs> will be perfect for it. So, dope. Uh, before we leave, shout out to Friendster. <laughs> Friendster. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I just want to be, I just want to be yours.